just when you thought there was no hope for baby boomers. It's the Rational Boomer Podcast. Logic, common sense, compassion. Yeah, who knew? Now, here's Mike. We are back on the Rational Boomer Podcast. Hopefully your day is going well. It is Sunday. Weekends are always a little tougher to do these podcasts because there's not a lot of new news happening during the weekends. Everything kind of settles down. That said, we have plenty to talk about on this show, so never fear. There will always be content for you because there's always stupid, crazy, scary whatever kind of shit there is going on in this country. It seems to never stop. Now, I will tell you some good news. As you know, yesterday, I was a little fucking annoyed. Now, I never usually get in that state because I don't usually take a negative attitude about anything because it never does any good. The only reason I get in a state like I was yesterday is because of multiple things happening. It's one of those days where you feel like nothing's going right or everything is going against you. One thing happens, okay, I can deal with that. Two things, yeah, I can deal with that. Then three and four and five things happen. It seems like every step you make, it's a misstep. I mean, it's like my fucking biorhythms were down. (laughs) Now, that's an old reference. You had to live in the 70s or the 80s to even know what fucking biorhythms are, but it was a big deal. Got to check your biorhythms. If your biorhythms are down, you're going to have a bad day. I don't even know if they do that anymore, but for whatever reason, yesterday was uh, not my day. Well, fortunately, those kind of days are rare and they never last more than one day. So I'm back. I'm normal. I'm not annoyed anymore. That said, I do have a bit of an attitude, but that's, I like to think of that as my charm. I'm an old white guy with a fucking attitude. And uh, much to the chagrin of my family, they're not so hep on that idea, but uh, that's me. That's who I am. That's how I act. We'll have to deal with it. Now, I've got a Email and a DM to read before we get down to business. And this first DM comes from a gentleman by the name of TJ. And we've been talking back and forth. And TJ is going to be on the show next week. And uh, this is what he had to say. Well, September 24th has come and gone. Where was the big hubbub? Donald Trump was supposed to be reinstalled to the White House. These fucking pieces of shit will never quit. Even after Donald Trump is indicted and then convicted, they'll keep defending him like the cult members that they are. The trump are the scum of the earth, and there is no changing or convincing them because they are cult members. I take great solitude in the fact that Donald Trump is going to be indicted. But I still fear for his for this country's future because of these treasonous Trumplifucks who are hell-bent fascist regime in America. The Republicans are not a party anymore. They're a fascist regime. It's time to take them down in the midterms. These stupid Trumplifucks think that they're going to have a red wave, but they're not. It's going to be more like a brown shart in their fucking pants, and they're going to fucking have, uh, have to change their underwear because they are stupid motherfuckers. <laughs> it's fucking sad that we have 
to live in times like this. The media needs to silence these fucking crazies like MTG and Bobo the Street Ho. I like that. I like that a lot. And many others. But Fox Entertainment bullshit will keep pushing their propaganda relentlessly to push their narrative. It's fucking disgusting. I'm sorry to rant. Have a great day. Sorry that you had such an annoying day. I hope tomorrow, meaning today, is better for you. Well, it is better for me. And I got to say, this DM is part of the reason I'm better for it. It seems like TJ and I are kind of kindred spirits. He's got a bit of an attitude, too. And when I read his... uh, DM it. I find it entertaining and I find it uh, familiar. Kind of sounds like me at one point or another in that uh, DM. So you, you, you're probably not surprised that I'll, I'm excited about the prospect of getting him on the show. Uh, we're going to talk next week and I've always said anybody who is a listener that wants to be on the show, all you have to do is uh, email me and we'll set it up. There's at least one other person that's planning to be on the show, too. So that's good. I have at least uh, two listeners that are going to be on the show, and I love those shows. But I think TJ is going to be entertaining. I like the way he writes. I like the way he thinks. And um, this show with him on it might be kind of interesting. You know, you got Ed, he's kind of laid back. You got some of the other listeners, they're cool, they're smart, they're intelligent, they're sophisticated. And now we got TJ coming up, and he's just got a fucking attitude. I like that. I like that, because that's pretty much me. And the twenty the September 24th thing, we're going to talk about that in just a moment. I have one other email I want to... Uh, Pass along. Good morning. I have the answer for your numbers. Notifications have not gone gone out. It has happened before, and it did resolve the issue. I'll send you an email when my notification isn't sent. It's not only with your podcast. It's the Internet Gremlins, I suppose. Deborah, Southern California. What she's talking about is one of the things that annoyed me yesterday is that I wasn't seeing the listens on the podcast that I put out yesterday or the day before, whenever the fuck it was. Um, And I was dealing with Anchor to try to figure out why all of a sudden there's no listens or very few listens on something I would normally get a lot more from. And of course, you know, when I talked to customer service, they didn't really give me an answer. Just wait it out 24 hours. Everything should get better. And I said, dude, I did 400 shows and it's been the same. Now it's different. There's got to be something fucking wrong. Well, after I did that, things did get better. I still think it's not working properly, but at least I'm starting to see numbers somewhat closer to what I would normally see. Um, So, uh, Deborah, thank you for that insight. And uh, if anybody notices something like a podcast notification doesn't come or something, let me know. Uh, Because as I said, when I look at these numbers, I don't know if it's just the numbers being displayed to me that are fucked up or they're just not sending out the podcast. And as Deborah pointed out, she was suggesting that notifications had not gone out, which is a problem. 
that I need to yell at somebody about if that's the case. And if, if, if I have to, I'll have to change the host. You know, we finally have a fair amount of listeners listening to this show, and they expect to hear it when they expect to hear it. And if my hosting company fucks that up, I got to figure something else out. Anyway, thank you, Deborah. I appreciate that. So TJ mentioned September 24th. And if you've been watching TikTok, YouTube, or any Instagram, or any other the social medias, you got these fucking goofballs out there saying, oh, September 24th, that's the day. That's when it's all going to fall into place and the shit show's going to start. And it's funny, not everybody had the same answer to this. You know, some people said, this is the day that Donald Trump will be reinstalled as president. Well, I knew that wasn't going to fucking happen. There's no way legally that can happen short of an actual successful coup. And then other people were talking about 10 days of darkness, the internet will go away, the end of the world is coming and all this shit. And as I told you prior to the 24th, I said, do not listen to that shit. It's bullshit. This is Q shit. We've heard these Q bullshit ideas and predictions. Not one, not one has ever come to pass. Not one has ever been true. So why would you believe this? And I think most people who listen to this show uh, just kind of disregarded it. But there's the base and there's the fucking goofballs out there that insist something's going to happen. I would love an opportunity to talk to one of these fo- folks now after being fooled 10 and 20 times by Mike Lindell, Donald Trump, Q, and whoever else the fuck was doing it. You would think they'd learn a lesson. You would think that they would uh, say, you know what, maybe I'm not going to buy into this bullshit because I keep having the football pulled away from me. And that reference has to do with Lucy And Charlie Brown, Lucy always holding the ball, Charlie Brown going to kick it, but before he kicks it, Lucy pulls it out from underneath him, and he he gets fooled every fucking time. And these people that listen to Q and Donald Trump and all these other idiots are identical to that. That's who they are. All right, let's get moving with the business at hand, what news is out there. Now, after being sued by New York Attorney General Letitia James, Donald Trump's best possible possible defense is going to put him in a very, very, very awkward position. That was explained on Saturday when MSNBC's Alicia Mendez interviewed New York Times business investigations editor David Enrich. He is the author of a new book, Servants of the Damned, Giant Law Firms, Donald Trump and the Corruption of Justice, and the 2020 book, Dark Towers, Deutsche Bank, Donald Trump, and an Epic Trail of Destruction. Um, Mendez said, David, this week, Trump's former attorney and fixer, Michael Cohen, said this fraud lawsuit could put an end to the Trump organization, Mendez said. Given all you know about Trump's business dealings, do you agree? Enrich said, you know, it's really hard to say. I tend to agree with Michael Cohen here. If your corporation or organization is indicted and ultimately convicted, and they also have proof of fraudulent business practices, 
how does a company survive? There's just just no way. Enrich went on to say, I think the reality is that Trump had such a reputation for being an outlandish, exaggerating liar that his banks knew about this, he explained. And, and I've talked to people inside Deutsche Bank, which was the primary lender to Trump over the years, and they were well aware that he was exaggerating his financials, and they took steps to mark down his value of assets accordingly. See, now that's what I find troubling. And this is where, um, you know, we talk about white privilege all the time, and it exists. And, you know, a lot of people don't understand what white privilege is. But I have to think there's another thing we have to consider, and that's rich privilege. Enrich is basically saying Deutsche Bank knew he was committing fraud, but they didn't care. They didn't call him out. They didn't turn it over to the DOJ. They just dealt with it. Now, you and I know that we lie to a bank or an insurance company or to the IRS. We got some fucking serious trouble. They know he's doing it. He's stealing millions of dollars, and they don't say anything. Now, I don't know if Enrich knows for sure that they knew about it, but it seems unlikely that they didn't. They knew who Donald Trump was. They talked to Donald Trump. And they see the numbers. Donald Trump, his Mar-a-Lago resort has a value of $75 million. A real value of $75 million. A lot of money. But when it comes to getting loans and such, and he needs it for collateral or whatever he's doing with it, he claims it's worth $739 million. Well, that's that's quite a fucking jump. There's no way that can be just a, a little bit of a mistake. That's intentional. Now, if his bank, Deutsche Bank, knew this, why would they still deal with him? And part of it is, I don't think Deutsche Bank was giving him their money. I think Deutsche Bank was taking in money from Russia, laundering it, and then giving it to Donald Trump. And Donald Trump knew all of this. He knew he couldn't get a regular bank loan. Nobody with a half a fucking brain would give him a bank loan simply because he doesn't pay it back. That's pretty well known for decades. That's who he is. But there's a certain amount of rich privilege here. This guy's getting away with stuff that nobody else would get away with. I mean... This is the one thing. This is why I fucking hate banks. You walk into a bank. You say, I got a bunch of money. And I've been in this situation before. And a bunch of money is relative, you know. It doesn't matter how much it is. If you're going to put money into their bank, they interrogate you. They grill you. They check you all over the place. And I'm giving you my money. Maybe we should be checking into you because, I mean, Deutsche Bank has had some problems with money laundering. Maybe putting my money in their bank isn't the fucking best idea. I will tell you this that was interesting. In my previous home, I bought it, you know, 30 years ago. I don't own it anymore, but I bought it 30 years ago. And in buying it 30 years ago, I got a mortgage by some typical American mortgage company. But by the time... Uh, I was ready to get rid of it. Um, the mortgage was owned by Deutsche Bank. 
And I'm thinking to myself, I shouldn't just pay these fuckers. They're criminals. <laughs> you know, that wouldn't work for me. I couldn't, I couldn't defraud Deutsche Bank and get away with it. And, you know, we're not talking about $75 million, $750 million, nothing like that. An average price for a house. I couldn't get away with that, not even with fucking Deutsche Bank, because I'm nobody and I don't have a ton of money. But apparently, if you have a lot of money, you can fucking break the law and everybody turns a blind eye. Um, Enrich goes on to say, and so that's a problem if you're trying to make a fraud claim, because everyone knows you're lying and your fraud claim, it means you are basically not tricking anyone, Enrich said. I think it's likely going to be the argument that Trump uses in court. I defrauded you. I committed a crime, but you knew about it, so I'm free and clear. That still makes no fucking sense. Obviously, it's a little bit counter to the image of the public image that Trump tries to project. And so I think the biggest challenge for him in that regard is that he's going to have to swallow some pride in the courtroom at least to make the argument effectively, he said. And that's not something I'm sure he will be able to stomach. So what what he's saying, he's going to have to go into court. He's going to have to go into court and basically admit some things. And one thing that's going to be the hardest thing for him to admit is that he's not as rich as he said he was. And that is going to be tough for him to form the words with his mouth and actually say. And that will be a problem for him. Now, according to MSNBC legal analyst Lisa Rubin, there is really only one path for Donald Trump's kids. Now, see, that's the thing people keep forgetting about. Donald Trump's in trouble because of the Trump organization. But his kids are just as much in trouble. And... This legal analyst says there's only one path for Donald Trump's kids to get out from under charges from New York Attorney General Letitia James regarding real estate fraud. But that would require flipping on their father. What we know about the Trump family, they're not very close. There's no loyalty. You know, Donald Trump had no part in raising those kids. I mean, for the longest times, they've hated this guy up until the time they could get him jobs and money and all that sort of thing. And then they loved Daddy. But prior to that, Daddy was a piece of shit as far as a father goes. But, you know, they're just as culpable in this thing because Eric and Donald Jr. were running the organization. Ivanka was involved in a lot of things. These people are relatively young, at least compared to Donald Trump. They have families. They have futures. They're young, so uh, they've got plans. So they're going to want to get out of going to jail. And let's keep in mind, Ivanka, Eric, and Don Jr., even Jared Kushner to a certain extent, are just below Donald Trump. When it comes to flipping on somebody, you can only really flip on somebody if you're going to get them a bigger prize. And in this case, that bigger prize can only be Donald Trump. Now, Donald Trump would probably flip on anybody given the opportunity, but Donald Trump is the top of the heap. He's got nobody to flip on. He'll still try to place the blame with his kids and his executives and that sort of thing 
just to get out from underneath it. But the bottom line is they want to get the uh, top of the heap. They want to cut the head off the snake. And that head happens to be Donald Trump. Now, earlier in the week, James presented a 200-page lawsuit seeking $250 million in penalties against Donald Trump, his three kids, Don Jr., Eric, and Ivanka, for egregiously inflating the value of properties owned by the Trump organization. They were involved just as much as Donald. They are just as guilty. Now, according to Rubin, there is an outside chance Trump could broach a settlement with James, and she might welcome it and call it a victory, but it would be difficult for the Trump kids to seek their own deals without dragging their father down in the process. Now, he did go to Letitia James and want to settle out of court, as he typically does, but she said, fuck yourself. So the idea that she's going to settle, I don't think so. I mean, here's the deal. One of the things lawyers love more than anything is publicity. And what greater publicity could there be than than, uh, suing a former president and winning and beating a former president? Yeah, she's not going to settle out of court. Now, speaking with, uh, with the host on MSNBC, I think it was Alex Witt, um, said it could happen, but it would be difficult. How about this scenario, scenario, Lisa, Witt proposed? Let's say Donald Trump wanted to fight it. Could his kids take a different path? Could they settle on their own? Rubin said, they certainly could, but some of the same patterns that we see with the children are all mixed up in misrepresentations by the former president. So, for example... There are statements of financial conditions that are certified by the former president, and one of the children might attach that statement of financial condition to an application for a loan. It's hard to see how certain of uh, how certain of the adults at least could accept responsibility and settle with Tish James without implicating their father. And that's how it's all going to go down. Donald Trump is without question. Without question, guilty. And his kids are without question, guilty. I mean, this stuff has been going on for decades. And as I said in a previous podcast, and let's talk about the rich privilege, it's been going on for decades and it's not till now. It's not till now that they're going to do something about it. I'll tell you why they're doing it now, because there's so many other investigations And Donald Trump did the dumbest thing he could ever do, and that is run for president. Now, prior to running for president, Donald Trump had the the books he didn't write but got credit for. He had the TV show, um, and that was relatively successful. He had his money, and he had his little games and and, uh, cheats and and crimes that he committed that apparently nobody cared about. They just let him get away with it. Now, had he continued to do that at, what, going on 76 years of age, he could have lived out his life with fairly quiet situation, with the presumption that he had some money and some properties, and he could have just rode that out till he died, whenever that is. Now, somebody who said to me that they didn't think that Donald Trump expected to win the presidency. Donald Trump went into this thing running for president strictly for publicity. 
I mean, we know that's all that Donald Trump cares about. Whenever he had rallies, how many people showed up? When he was on television, how were the ratings? That's not something a normal person that's president of the United States is concerned about. He's all about the publicity and getting his name out there and showing everybody how great he is. I think when he first ran for the presidency, that was his mindset. But then, of course, the media steps in and does what they do, and they make him a media darling. Why? Because he's a fucking shit show every time he opens up his mouth. So in their minds, whether they be uh, left-side or right-side media, he's good television. So they put him out there, and they kept putting him out there. He did more outrageous things, and they kept putting him out there. And all of a sudden, he becomes a legitimate candidate for the presidency. In 2015, when the campaigns were going on, nobody, nobody thought he had a chance to win the presidency. Um, When we got down to the election time, I think I've told this story before, I was talking to a, a Republican, and of course we differed in our opinions, and he was saying, yeah, there's no way Donald Trump will win. And I said, you know what, he could win. I mean, the way things are going and the way the media is giving him free time every day, all day, he could win this thing. So I bet the guy a hundred bucks. Now, Donald Trump wins. He's kind of happy because he didn't like Hillary Clinton. I'm a little nervous, but I got a hundred bucks out of the deal. So I got that going for me. So anyway, my point is, is that Donald Trump didn't expect to win. But when it started to look like he had an opportunity, that's where the ego kicked in. He's not thinking straight. He's not thinking about the future. He's not thinking about any risks that he may suffer in running for president. All he is is caught up, oh, these people like me. They're going to vote for me. And everything else, every intellectual thought, went away. It was all about his own little promotion. So he so he buys into it and he runs for president and he wins. Now when he won the presidency, the other thing I said was this will be his worst mistake ever. Because he doesn't understand how government works and government is bigger than Donald Trump, more powerful than Donald Trump. And as we saw during his time as president, he got away with a lot of shit. But you knew it wasn't going to last because he wouldn't continue being president after 2020. He lost the race by 7 million votes. All of a sudden, he's no longer protected. Like I say, he could have just ignored the whole presidential race, gone on for the rest of his life, been pretty comfortable living in big houses in Mar-a-Lago and in New Jersey and in New York. But no, he got caught up in the ego bullshit. He started believing his own press clippings, and uh, he just went for it. And he won. I mean, granted, he had some help from uh, Russia in the 2016 elections. We know that's a fact. We know they meddled in the election, and we know that they did it to benefit Donald Trump. So there's no question. As much as they want to complain about election fraud, It's turning out there's a lot of election fraud that was caused by Republicans. And the whole 2016 presidential um, election was fraudulent in the fact that 
Russia spent a lot of money. Facebook allowed them to spend a lot of money and uh, helped Donald Trump win the election. But now he's got a problem. He's got somebody bigger than him to answer to. I mean, this has always been the case with Donald Trump. He's been the boss of bosses amongst his groups and his company. Somebody might come to him and say, you know, Donnie, I don't think you should do this. You should do that. That would be smarter. And if he was smart, he'd take the advice, but he doesn't. He thinks he's smarter than everybody. Then he fails, and then he gets mad at everybody else because he fucking failed. But now that he's no longer president, he has a problem because of that behavior. He has lawyer after lawyer after lawyer working for him. He has two problems. First of all, he doesn't pay him. And eventually you run out of people who are willing to work for free, and he's seeing that now. But more importantly, you have this lawyer. And this lawyer is hired to advise you of what to do and what not to do in given situations. Well, Donnie Trump ain't listening to shit. He knows better. He's the smartest guy in the room. So if the lawyers tell him something he doesn't like, he does it his way. Logic, intelligence, and truth be damned. And it always gets him in trouble. I'll be honest, from 2016 to 2020, if he could have just kept his mouth shut, Half the time, he wouldn't be in as big a trouble as he's in now. There's no way. He wouldn't have been. So now he's out of office. He's unprotected. And uh, he's like a fucking pinata. We've got Georgia. We've got D.C. We've got New York. We've got the DOJ grand juries. They're all just pounding on that fucker until he bursts. And trust me, he's going to burst. There's a lot of issues he's got out in front of him. And none of them look good for him at all. I mean, he wants the special master. And the special master says to him, well, you think that these things were planted or there was um, or there was executive privilege? Prove it. He's good at talking loud and proud. He's good at trying to create chaos and distract and divert. But when it comes down to details and facts and shit like that, he isn't very good at it. Now, he could have pulled that shit in his own business, but now when we're talking about the DOJ and we're talking about government, yeah, they aren't going to stand for that shit. You're, you're going to get called out on it, and when you do, you're going to get caught. You're going to get indicted, and you might very well go to jail or some kind of incarceration, whether it be house arrest or whatever. I don't know what it is, but in addition, your company's going to go away. Your money's going to go away. Your property is going to go away. Donald Trump will be left with nothing. And he might even go to jail. And it's all on Donald Trump. Donald Trump put himself in this position. And he has no clue or the inability to get himself out of it. He painted himself into a corner. And he is now profoundly fucked. All right, let's take a quick break and we'll be right back. Now, according to some media reports, advisors to Donald Trump are beginning to panic that the Department of Justice's investigation into top secret documents that were illegally whisked away to his Mar-a-Lago resort is moving much faster than they had hoped. 
you know as well as I do, they did everything they could to try to slow things down. They asked for the special master, and they got it. But for whatever reason, the special master isn't bowing to Donald Trump, even though it was the guy he picked. So now they're starting to panic. They're all about delays and distraction and such. But uh, now it's going fast again because all the hurdles that they put up have been bypassed. Now, this past week saw Special Master Raymond Deary put the former president and his legal team on the spot over Trump's claims that he declassified the documents, as well as his assertion that the FBI planted evidence against him. The interesting thing is, every time Donald Trump goes into the media, he says those things, but his lawyers have never put that in any motion. And as I've said before, they do that because they know it's a lie, and if they do that, they're going to lose their law licenses, probably get sued, and very possibly get indicted. So they're being very careful about backing up those things that Donald Trump claimed. But as we've heard with Donald Trump, truth doesn't really matter. You know, all you have to do is have somebody throw out the option that there might be some election fraud, and he'll handle the rest. It's because his voice is loud and is prominent in the media. So he can start spewing this stuff, and most people, but there are some people that will believe it. And that's his strategy. Um, in the media, they wrote a decision by the 11th Circuit Court of Appeals was also damaging a damaging blow to Trump's team attempts to stall the DOJ, and that has them panicking. The 29-page decision amounted to a sharp rebuke of the rulings by U.S. District Court Judge Aileen Cannon, that Trump sycophant, stupid, fucking horrible judge who was overseeing the case in Florida. But it also brought an end to Trump's attempt to slow down the investigation that his advisors feared was moving perilously fast. Being allowed to examine the roughly 100 documents marked classified means the Justice Department's investigators can now resume their investigation into the most serious lines of inquiry. The willful retention of national defense information and obstruction with the primary evidence itself. With the ruling saying Trump's lawyers won't be able to review the documents themselves, Lowell suggests, uh, Lowell is from a media outlet called The Guardian, suggests that he is making them even more apprehensive. Trump's goal in requesting a special master was a multi-pronged strategy from the start, according to sources familiar with the matter and the principle. Uh, Though publicly unstated, aim was to apply the brakes on the criminal investigation after the FBI's search of Mar-a-Lago. A second major aim, the sources said, was to use Special Master's motion as a vehicle to get more insight into what the documents the FBI retrieved from the property because they were initially in the dark about the extent of Trump's as well as their own potential exposure. So Donald Trump had all these documents. He didn't tell anything, anybody in his staff what they were about. And he didn't think to ever showing them because he didn't believe he was ever going to get caught. That's one of the reasons why they want to see it. They want to know what they're up against. They want to know what kind of trouble they're going to get into. But uh, that's not going to happen. So it's moving faster than they hoped. 
and uh, they're in the dark about everything. And once again, that's thanks to Donald Trump. Once again, Donald Trump fucks himself, fucks his own legal team, and they know it. It still amazes me that these people will still stand by him, though. They're not paying him. Uh, he, He doesn't listen to what they say. And he keeps things hidden from them. That makes it virtually impossible for anybody to defend him. There's some other bad news. It seems like every day there's more bad news for Donald Trump. And this isn't as much legal, although there are some legal aspects to it, as it is financial. The bad news for the company that's supposed to merge with Donald Trump's True Social to take it public, investors are beginning to jump ship. Digital World Acquisition Corp., the special purpose acquisition company that True Social needs to go public, revealed in a Securities and Exchange Commission filing Friday that investors have backed out of $139 million in commitments of the $1 billion previously announced by the company. Remember when Donald Trump said, yeah, I got a billion dollars backing me up. Now you don't, motherfucker, and they're dropping like flies. There's likely more to come, more people bailing out. Investors who agreed to put up the money nearly a year ago can now drop their commitments because Digital World missed its initial September 20th deadline to merge with Truth Social. The deal's not going down as expected, and the people who plan to invest can back out because it's not happening the way they were told it was going to happen. Now, Digital World is extending the time frame for the deal by three months after shareholders refused to approve its bid for a 12-month extension, but investors can still back out. And I got to tell you, three months extension, it's just going to make it worse. There's no way they're going to do this merger. It's just the latest trouble for Digital World and True Social. A key vendor complained last month that True Social bills were going unpaid. A major web hosting operator said True Social owed about $1.6 million in contractually obligated payments and allegations suggesting that the operation's finances are in significant disarray. That was reported by Fox uh, Business News. In another setback, True Social's application for a trademark was turned down last month because its name was too similar to other operations. True Social is hardly the juggernaut some investors had hoped it would be. They thought Donald Trump's involved. This is going to be a moneymaker. You have to be pretty stupid to think that, knowing and seeing all that's going on. The social media platform is largely a forum for Trump, who repeatedly posts messages touting himself and reposts articles from right-wing media praising them each day. And now he's even retruthing things coming straight out of the mouth of the people from Q, which is fucking ridiculous. Responding comments mostly involve QAnon conspiracies, over-the-top pro-Trump and anti-Joe Biden memes, and cringy comments like, Ode to the Greatest President Ever. 
Comments lack the back and forth of social media platforms like Twitter that make them more of a dialogue. Most negative comments on True Social are buried or vanished from the site which organizers had promised would be censorship-free. Trump launched Truth Social after he was booted off Twitter, of course, in the wake of the January 6th riot. Trump has been using the platform, much as he did Twitter, to rail against enemies, complain he's being victimized, and falsely insist he won the 2020 presidential election. As I said yesterday, the ironic thing is, though, that there aren't many people on True Social. He doesn't have the power he had when he was on Twitter. He had like 80, 90 million people on Twitter. On this platform, True Social, we're talking maybe a million or two, maybe three million. But that's quite a bit less than what he had on Twitter. So it doesn't have nearly the power or the impact up until the time our media, whether it be left side or right side, broadcast those posts by Donald Trump. Now, all of a sudden, while he's been taken off of Twitter because he's dangerous, the media decides, well, we'll take the stuff off True Social and report it in spite of the fact that it's just as dangerous, just as much of a lie as whatever he did on Twitter. That is a problem. I think the media is guilty in this situation, and somebody should address that. Last month, uh, Digital World warned in an an SEC filing that a dip in Trump's popularity could hurt the business. Yeah, no shit. The filing noted that true social success hinges on the reputation and popularity of the investigation plagued Trump, who chairs, who's the chairman of Trump Media and Technology Group, which owns and operates the, the social media platform. Look, Donald Trump's Poll ratings aren't going up. They're going down, and they're going down quickly. And we aren't even to the meat of the matter. There haven't been any indictments yet. Not all the names have been exposed. Not all the crimes have been exposed. But the crimes that have been exposed have really dropped Donald Trump's popularity. And since they put all their eggs in one basket in the Donald Trump basket, if he takes a shit, the whole business takes a shit. And we see that happening with Donald Trump now, and we see it with the social media platform. It's slowly dying on the vine. The true social won't make it another year. It'll be gone because there's no fucking money. And Donald Trump has no chance of regaining his popularity and power that he once had to revive it. It's not going to happen. It's just going to get worse. And like everything Donald Trump has ever done, It will fucking fail. And how the people who are investing into this couldn't see this, I don't know. How do you get your hands on that kind of money and be that fucking stupid? It's amazing. Well, while things are going badly for Donald Trump, surprising or maybe not so surprising, President Joe Biden has just hit another high water mark in his approval rating this year, riding a surge of support from women, according to a new poll. The fact that he's popular with women right now isn't surprising, given that the Republican Party has pretty much shot down and taken constitutional rights away from all women. Who knew that they'd react badly to that? 
An Emerson College poll released Friday found that 45% of the voters said they approve of Biden's performance, a three percentage point increase since last month. 49% disapprove of his performance, which is a two-point dip from the last time around. So Biden, while he's not over 50%, he's headed the right direction. And he's come a long way from where he was, like in the low to mid-30s at one point. It just goes to show the things that the Republicans are doing aren't working for them, and they are helping Joe Biden and the Democrats. And it makes sense. Biden's approval increase appears to be largely driven by women voters, noted Spencer Kimball, the executive director of Emerson College Polding. Since July, women voters' approval of Biden has jumped by 10 points from 39% to 49%, Kimball noted. The findings are the latest evidence that the U.S. Supreme Court's revocation of constitutional abortion rights to the joy of Republicans could be a key factor in the midterm elections, especially in light of widespread anger among female voters. I still cannot understand how they pushed this issue with Roe v. Wade prior to the midterms. That has to be one of the dumbest strategies I've ever fucking heard. And as I've said, I don't know how they didn't see this. You're taking away constitutional rights from half the people in this country. You know that some 70% of the people in this country support Roe v. Wade, and they feel pretty strongly about it. And that's not just Democratic women. That's Democratic men. That is uh, Republican men and women who are of a reasonable mind. And how they think this could help them in the midterms, I, I just... I can't imagine. Other polls are finding similar results for Biden. A Politico morning consult survey published Wednesday found that 46% of all respondents approve of the job that Biden is doing. His highest level since December in that poll, his approval hit 45% in the latest NBC News poll, his highest since October. I don't, I'm not sure why people are surprised by this. First of all, Joe Biden has accomplished a lot in the first two years of his presidency. In fact, he may very well be the most successful president legislatively in history. So you got that going for him. And then you've got all the bullshit, the stupid strategies that the Republicans are doing that they know is going to cost them votes, but they do it still. Who knows why? It should be no surprise that Joe Biden's stock is going up and Donald Trump's is going down. I've told you before, I think that the Democrats will have a bit of a blue wave. They'll expand their um, power in the Senate and possibly expand their power in the House. And when that happens, there'll be two years of the Democrats having the ability to do pretty much what they want. And what will happen is when they do that, Uh, a lot of people will start to love the Democrats and a lot more people will love Joe Biden because people, the middle class, the people that are the backbone of this country will start getting the help they need for fucking once. So Joe Biden's stock will rise quickly as well as the Democrats. And when we come to 2024 with all that's going on for the Republicans and the Democrats, 
they're going to be hard-pressed to win that 2024 election and get a Republican president. They keep telling, they told us, oh, Donald Trump's going to win in 2020. No question about it. He fucking loses by 7 million votes. They tell us there's going to be a red wave at the midterms. And I'm telling you right now, there is not going to be a red wave. It's just not going to happen. It makes no sense. That's not possible. And then they'll start ranting about their big candidate, whoever that might be, knowing it won't be Donald Trump, but they'll pick somebody, maybe DeSantis, maybe not. Uh, I, I, I still don't think we know who's going to be running for either side in 2024 yet. It's too early. But if they think they're going to win in 2024 after the Democrats get it two years and be able to do all the things they want and make people happy and more comfortable and better off, I don't see it. I just don't fucking see it. The Associated Press NORC Center for Public Affairs Research found that support for Biden recovered from a low of 36 percent in July to 45 percent earlier this month driven in large part by a rebound in support from his own party during a few bleak summer months when gas prices peaked and lawmakers appeared deadlocked on legislation. It appeared Democrats were facing the possibility of blowout losses against the Republicans in the midterms. In the Emerson poll, a significant segment of those surveyed, 39%, ranked the economy as the most important issue in their votes followed by threats to democracy, 15%, and access to abortion, 10%. As far as presidential candidates in 2024, 45% said they'd vote for Biden, and 44% said they would vote for Trump. That's within the poll's margin of error. 6% would vote for someone else, and 5% are undecided. I always get a kick out of this, something else I've talked about before. You know, when the gas prices are high and inflation was going up, I heard some Democrats saying, I'm not happy with Joe Biden. I'm not going to vote for him. Really? What's your alternative? Inflation is high. It's not Joe Biden's fault. Gas prices are high. It's not Joe Biden's fault. But you're mad at Joe Biden and you're not going to vote for him. So who are you going to vote for then? Are you going to vote for the Republicans who took constitutional rights away from half of this country? Are you going to take and vote for people that overturned Roe v. Wade in spite of the fact that 70% of this country supported it? Or how about are you going to have this red wave? Are you going to win uh, when you try to suppress the votes of people of color or try to outlaw Uh, and criminalize uh, abortion and those people involved in LGBTQ. You really think that's going to work for you? You could be mad at Joe Biden if you want to, but if voting for white supremacist, misogynistic, anti-Semitic, corrupt criminal fucks is your alternative... Well, then you're stupider than I've ever given anybody credit for. There's going to be a lot of things that people don't like about Joe Biden. But when you consider the alternative, there should be no choice in your mind who to vote for. 
instead of fucking pouting because you're paying too much for gas. I get it, man. I pay for gas. My wife pays for gas. My family pays for gas. We don't like it. But it is going down, and so is inflation. We'll have to wait and see what the midterms do, but I like to think that at least 75% of this country has a reasonable, intelligent mind. And if they do, they have no choice but to vote against Republicans. So we still have this war in Ukraine going on. We've been hearing a lot about it, you know. There's been a lot of talk about uh, people inside Russia finally starting to get sick of Vladimir Putin. And as I've said many times, the only way this war ends and things get back to normal, relatively speaking, is they take Vladimir Putin out of power. And the word is that there is some talk amongst the government and the insiders that that may be in the process. Will it be a coup? Will he just disappear? I don't know. But you got to get rid of him. He's a nutcase. He's a despot. He's a dictator. He's ruthless. He's a murderer. Now, here's the problem you got to consider, though. When they do take him out, and they will, ultimately, Russia's suffering far too much to continue with Vladimir Putin. Plus, they're losing the Ukrainian war, and that is a uh, absolute no-no for any kind of dictator to lose a war. But whoever would take over for them, for him, are they better? Are they worse? Are they the same? We don't know that. See, that's the problem. We have an unknown quantity. Whoever will take over for Vladimir Putin may not be a better choice for the rest of the world. Maybe a worse choice for the rest of the world. And then we start hearing about what's going on in Ukraine. And we've You know, I've heard little bits and pieces about this before, but what I'm hearing now is absolutely fucking appalling. Russian troops apparently have raped and tortured children in Ukraine and brutally executed a large number of civilians among an appalling list of war crimes uncovered in a shocking investigation for the United Nations. The Independent International Commission of Inquiry on Ukraine convened in March and staffed by international legal experts reported that the disturbing findings Friday in Geneva describing a long list of appalling abuses and atrocities by the Russian forces. Now, this is something the world's going to have to uh, address. I mean, we're talking about war crimes. We're talking about atrocities. You can't let that go. You can't give Vladimir Putin or the Russians a pass on it. Based on the evidence gathered by the commission, it has concluded that war crimes have been committed in Ukraine. Eric Mose, a Norwegian judge and chairman of the three-member commission, said in a statement to the UN on Human Rights Council, Among the most disturbing crimes the commission has documented involve cases in which children were raped, tortured, and unlawfully confined. According to the findings, the age of the victims of sexual and gender-based violence ranged from 4 years old to 82 years old. In some cases, relatives were forced to witness the crimes. Here's the irony in all this. 
the Republicans are constantly telling people that the Democrats are pedophiles and raping and torturing children. That's what they say. There's no proof of it. There's been no evidence of it. It didn't happen. But they keep pushing that narrative. But at the same time, they seem to love and support Vladimir Putin, who we now know is supporting and pushing forth the attacks on children and elderly people, sexual, torture, and all that sort of thing. So these people that tell us they love Donald Trump and they love Vladimir Putin, but suggest the Democrats are pedophiles, but there's no evidence of it, that's quite a contradiction. That's that's something they have to fucking address. The fact of the matter is you do support pedophiles. You do support children that are being tortured. (laughs) And at the same time, we're seeing these memes put out that are basically created by Q that Donald Trump is retruthing, saying, we must save the children. Well, no, motherfucker, you don't care about children. That's just a narrative you're using to win votes. If you really cared about children, you would want to do something as fast as possible in stopping this war in Ukraine. Because clearly what's going on are war crimes, and some people are going to do some jail time because of this. Children were also killed and wounded in indiscriminate attacks on civilians by Russian forces using explosive weapons, the investigation found. Commission members were struck by a large number of executions and other violations by the Russian forces, and the commission received consistent accounts of torture and ill treatment. The commission is continuing to investigate executions in 16 towns and settlements and has credible allegations regarding many more cases of executions, which are documented documented further. Many of the examined bodies show evidence of prior detention of the victims, as well as visible signs of execution, such as hands tied behind their backs, um, gunshot wounds to the head, and slit throats. I mean, these fuckers are just animals. These are war crimes, and people have to be made accountable for them. We can't let people get away with shit like this. The findings have been consistent with reports of war crimes from other international human rights groups, Western governments, and Ukrainian authorities. The UN Human Rights Monitoring Mission in Ukraine earlier this year documented illegal killings, including summary executions of civilians in more than 30 settlements in the Kiev, uh, Kharkiv, Sumy regions by Russian armed forces while they controlled these areas in late February and March. I guess none of us are really surprised that this is happening. But don't you think it's time to stop it? You know, the Republicans will pitch a fit over Joe Biden sending the Ukrainians money. But yet they're ranting about saving the children. Well, clearly they don't care about saving children. Otherwise, they'd be concerned about those people and those children in Ukraine. I know, maybe they'll say, well, we only care about America. Well, if we allow to have happen what's happening in Ukraine, it's going to spread. 
and could ultimately come to America. So yes, maybe you should fucking do something. Republicans are known for doing nothing about anything. And so when we come to the midterms, if you want to vote for any Republican, I say you're part of the problem. We need to eradicate Republicans from our government so that we can get back some uh, normality in this world, some safety in this world, and actually protect children and the elderly. The Independent International Commission, headed by Mose, also investigated atrocities in the same areas. Investigators visited 27 towns and settlements and interviewed more than 150 victims and witnesses, according to the report. They also inspected sites of destructions, graves, places of detention and torture, as well as remnants of weapons. That, what is going on, in Ukraine is appalling. Um, And if you think it's not going to affect the United States one way or another, you're being fooled. I mean, the fact of the matter is, when Hitler was doing what he was doing in Germany prior to World War II, the atrocities there, the treatment of people, the um, racism, the uh, dealing poorly with um, people with different sexual preferences, that sort of thing. That was going on. And people in America, there were people in America that said, hey, we don't want to get involved in that. And there were other people in America that said, hey, we support that. Not that much different than what we are having now with Russia and Ukraine. Well, we saw how this could ultimately affect the United States, and it did affect the United States. So just because it's in Ukraine doesn't mean we can ignore it. We cannot. If we do, thousands if not millions of kids and elderly and normal age people in the mid-range will be murdered unnecessarily. And uh, given we are the country who we are, it is our responsibility to do everything we can to stop that. And if you're a Republican and you're worried about the kids, it's time you focus on what's going on in Ukraine and fucking do something about it. If you're not willing to do something about it, get the fuck out of the way and let's get somebody in there that is willing to do something about it. Yes, it's not America. But if you can say those kids can be tortured and raped and and murdered just because they're in the Ukraine, long as it doesn't happen here... You're a fucking, you're a fucking animal. And this needs to be addressed and needs to be stopped. The Russians need to get Vladimir Putin out of office. And we need to put more and more pressure on Russia to make sure this war ends. All right. We're going to wrap things up for the Rational Boomer podcast. I want to thank you very much for uh, taking the time out of your day to listen. I hope you have a great day, and we will talk to you again tomorrow. Thanks for listening to the Rational Boomer podcast. Don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. We'll see you next time.